0: Do you like to learn about random, wild stuff? You know, the things you didn't think you needed to know about, then realize you should? Then welcome to Nothing Off Limits, the podcast that gives you one place to go for something different. Impress your next party guest with your unusual body of knowledge, and if you dig the show, get more information at LadyFoxEntertainment.com and subscribe, rate, or review. Thanks. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Nothing Off Limits. Today's episode is all about money, and I'm going to be speaking with my guest, Catherine LaBarbera. Catherine has an extensive background in small business consulting, sales training, and management. She's also a master practitioner of NLP and has been a life coach since 2008, specializing working with small businesses and individuals. Many of her clients have gotten out of debt and changed their relationship with money, creating true wealth and a different life. I love that. People work with her one-on-one or attend her powerful workshops in Los Angeles, which I've gone to and have absolutely loved. You can find her on Facebook by searching on Success by Design. Welcome, Catherine.
1: Oh, thank you so much, Michelle, for having me. I really uh, It's one of my favorite topics to talk about is money
0: <laughs> as a lot of people I'm sure right <laughs> actually no I find a lot of people don't like talking about it because it's they have shame or guilt or something Aha! Uh-huh. well that's something that I guess we'll dive into today and um, before we do though I want you to tell people why you yourself got so interested in money what how did that happen
1: you know, it's so funny. My mom told me stories about when I was little, before I could walk and talk, she would find me in my room playing with my pennies. <laughs> just putting them in files. And So I think I always had a Instead
0: love- Instead of birthday.
1: Barbies. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I'm sure I played with those too, but she said I always had, like if she ever needed to borrow money for some reason, she knew I always had it. So wow. for me, money is just I don't know. It feels good. It, it it's it's easy for me, and I find when I work with a lot of people that come to me, it's the opposite for them. So I really enjoy helping people to kind of open themselves up to receiving more money and uh, changing their money dynamics.
0: Mm-hmm. Now, did you yourself ever have issues around money, or have you always had a positive relationship with it?
1: Like everything in life, it goes up and down, doesn't it? So. Right. <laughs> Um, You know, I I did the normal thing where I went, you know, to, you know, graduated high school, went to college, graduated college. When I got out of college, I made a decision that I was going to own a house on my own before I was ever in a relationship. And I was happy by the time I was 25. Wow. Now... That's a little aggressive being in the LA area.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just a little.
1: Yeah, just because of the um, way the housing market is and the pricing is always higher. Mm -hmm. So um, I just went on this journey and said, I'm going to buy a house. And um, I actually bought a house and took ownership of it in March one month before I turned twenty six. So it's still technically twenty five. <laughs> you did it.
0: Yeah. Yes, I did it. Was,
1: you know, which was amazing. And I had to take some money to put into it to kinda of fix it up so it could be livable and that kind of stuff. So I move into my house, and it's great, and I got into it in March of the year, you know that year. So taxes were already taken care of. Mm-hmm. And I go about my business. Well, I really was not making a lot of money at the time, so I, I had a roommate that would pay me rent for a room, mm-hmm. so I could afford the house payment. the interesting thing is I've never owned a house. What 25-year-old knows about owning a house and what decisions you should make? So the question became, should I roll my taxes into my house payment? And my real estate person said, well, I don't. I, you know, I want to keep my money and I pay it when the taxes come around. I was mm-hmm. like, all right, well, I'll do the same. So we roll through the year, we get to December and um, th- taxes are due, property tax. Right. You're like, oh,
0: shit, I shouldn't have listened to that real estate
1: agent. <laughs> Not quite yet. That, that one I was prepared for. So I'm like, okay, I pay my taxes. We're good. You know, I, I was already living on no money anyway, just because it was all going towards the house. Right. And so I think, okay, great. So it comes in December. Must, the next one must come in June. I need to start saving. And around March, I said, okay, I got to start saving for my property tax. And I get the bill that it's due in April. Wow. <laughs> uh, uh, yes. So <laughs> I had to,
0: yay home ownership.
1: Yes, yes yay. So I had to make a choice do I pay the taxes or do I pay the mortgage payment? I didn't they were both around the same and I didn't know which one was worse not to pay. So I just started actually really stressing because I was like you know the what do I do? Yeah. Here it comes to be the first of April. And I think around the sixth is when my house payment was due. So I'm just like, what do I do? What do I do? What I do? What's worse? And it's all I could think about when I was at work, when I was not at work, when I was driving, this stress was overwhelming. And to the point where I actually, it was, it was just so all consuming. And uh, And
0: that's a lot too for a young woman, you know. It's like, it's not like you've even had experience owning before, right? So you're like, what? (laughs) Yeah, you could say I was like a little bit like a
1: chicken with my feathers cut on fire. (laughs) And I went to my mom and I said, I told her, I said, I don't know what to do. It is, it's just, I, I don't know what decision to make, and it's all I can think about. And she said something to me that. She doesn't remember saying. She never said it again. But and she said, um, you know, give it over to God or give it over to the universe. Like, wow. Take the problem outside of yourself and give it to a higher being or your higher self. And I was so at that point where I couldn't take it anymore. I was like, fine, I'm going to do whatever because I can't take the stress. So I did it, and uh, I felt better. And I was like, okay, I feel better. So, you know, I still had the same problem though, because just giving the problem over to something else doesn't mean the problem goes away.
0: Well, right. I mean, you can feel less stressed about it by being like, well, (laughs) there it goes, (laughs) you know?
1: Yeah. So then, you know, it's so funny. Two days later uh, at work, I actually got a bonus. I had never gotten a bonus before and I've never gotten a bonus since then. I've worked at the company since... I was actually 24 oh uh, and I got a bonus and the bonus was $20 more than my um, tax payment. Whoa. And so I got it. I put it in the bank. I paid both. And I said, I will never put myself in this place again. Uh, now I, now I know, but I also was very cognizant of the fact that, wow, that was really overwhelming. I don't want to, put myself in that emotional state or stress again. And as I have worked through life, I see people around me that go through that kind of routinely and I've kind of made it my mission to help them so they don't have to feel that way.
0: Wow. Yeah, because money does have emotions attached to it. And it's so funny because it's just a piece of paper or a piece of metal, you know, and it's amazing how, how stressed out it makes people, I mean, it breaks people up, you know, it causes stress in families. And so I love the work that you do to help people overcome that. So let's step back a little bit. I want to know more about how you work with your clients regarding, like, how they've been raised with their beliefs about money. Because I was raised in a family where it was always like, well, money doesn't grow on trees, you know, we don't have a pot to piss in, those kinds of phrases, you know. And so my beliefs as I grew up were surrounding, you know, lack and how you had to work hard in order to make money. So tell us how you work with your clients to, like, work around their ingrained, deep-rooted beliefs about money.
1: So, you know, it's funny because we go to school and we learn math and we learn how to read and we learn all these subjects, you know, we go out for PE or we're doing all these things. One of the things we do not ever learn about in school is money. We don't learn about how to, you know, uh, you know, how do you budget? Yeah. How do you budget? How do you buy a house? What, what kind of things should you expect? Most families don't talk about that either. So Mm -hmm. What happens is when children are little, about five years old, they start becoming aware or they hear these phrases like, we don't have a pot to piss in. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And they, they observe it. So what they do is they observe their parents. Now their parents aren't talking to them or teaching them anything. They're just observing kind of what's going on around them. And they start making a strategy around money. That is from when they're about five years old. Unless they learn something different, that strategy carries with them until uh, through their adulthood. Wow. So you have adults running around with a strategy that they created when they were five years old.
0: <laughs> so it's like, you know, for me, that was like a little piggy bank.
1: <laughs> you know? Yeah.
0: It, it sounds you can- right.
1: Yeah, and you can look at the piggy bank like, okay, well, what does the piggy bank hold? The piggy bank really only hold, holds coins, which is not a lot of money. Mm-hmm. And so maybe that's your the total sum universe of what you should have in your savings.
0: Wow. Yeah, it's, it's crazy to think about that. I mean, there were some bills in there. <laughs> but I would often let it build up and then I would pull it all out and buy something nice. Uh-huh. Right, uh-huh. so that was my pattern, you know, just like make the money, spend the money, make the money, spend the money, and I do still do that. So, how would you work with a client to change that blueprint, so to speak? Actually, so everyone's a little bit different. There's a couple different ways I can work
1: with them. Once is we have oh, the first thing we have to do is we have established what is money to begin with. Okay, so like you said earlier, money is a bunch of paper and it's a bunch of coins. Uh, money is. A little bit different than that. The papers and the coins represent money, but money is actually energy. Hmm. So when you get paid or when you, um, someone gives you money, you are actually receiving okay. the energy of money. Okay. When you pay a bill or when you pay someone else money, you're
0: actually giving money. Mm-hmm. So there's this, this flow of giving and receiving. Yeah.
1: Most people are stuck in one or the other. So some people receive well, but then they try to hold on to as much money as they can. Hmm. And they hold on to it with the energy. Like if you were to have a bucket of water and you were to go and grab water with your hands, like make a fist around the water, how much, and you pull your hands out of the bucket, how much water is in your two fists? It's <laughs>
0: right, nothing.
1: Yeah. So they try to hold on to it and energy doesn't like to be hold, held on to or stagnant.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So so they try not to pay bills out, like try to just hoard, hoard, hoard money and it doesn't work out for them. hmm Other people, well, whatever money they receive, they're giving. Meaning they're they're it's like going out faster than it's coming in. hmm And I know a lot
0: of people like that. <laughs>
1: yeah. Yeah. That's uh I find that too, that's that's true generally speaking. If I was gonna make a generalization here with women, women tend to have a harder time receiving.
0: Mm-hmm. I would agree with you on that.
1: Yeah. So money is like compliments. You know, when someone gives you a compliment, like, Oh my God, Michelle, you look so great today. You said, Oh my God, I got this dress on sale or, you know, Oh, thanks. That's, this is not how I usually look like you kind of deflect the, mm. the compliment. Mm-hmm. You, I, you can watch behaviors in yourself or in others where people deflect money. So someone says, look, I'd like, I'd like to pay for lunch. No, 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 no. Let me pay. No, I really want to treat you to lunch. No, 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 let me pay. And there's ah, like a fight going on where you're yeah. not accepting that someone is giving you this gift of
0: wanting to take you out to lunch. Interesting. So if somebody offers to, to buy, allow them. Yes. Allow them. And, but then it's okay sometimes for you to offer and you should expect them to say, thank you yes. and let it go. So if you're fighting, then what, what will be the end result of the energy of the money?
1: Well, think about energy when you put a positive spin on or a negative spin on it. So let's just say we put a negative spin on it. Let's go back to compliments. Okay, okay. Because Compliments is pretty much everyone knows they have at one point in their life not received a compliment very well. Mm-hmm. So someone comes up to you and says, oh my God, you look so great today. I love your hair. Your eyes are, you know, really shiny. You know, the outfit just compliments your skin tone, whatever they say they give you a compliment and you say give me something where you would deflect that
0: oh you know I just got a lot of rest last night and this is a super cheap outfit that I found on sale at a uh, Nordstrom Rack <laughs> right.
1: so how do you think that makes me feel so I gave a, a, a very good compliment you deflected it mm. and what what happens to me
0: you are deflated because yeah. you were you were in this really positive state of mind so it basically threw negative energy on you.
1: Yeah. So then I see you a week later, I give you another compliment, you do the same thing. At some point I'm going to quit giving you compliments, correct? Right. Okay. So, the universe the universe and the energy of money flows freely and it it flows a lot. So, the universe gives you some money and you say like through a friend and the friend says, I want to take you out to lunch. You said, no, 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 I'm going to pay. You're not taking me out to lunch. So a week later, the friend says, um, you know, I want to uh, treat you to a movie. I, w- I want to pay for the movie. You say, no, 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 I'll pay for the movie. At some point, what is the friend going to do?
0: Uh, they're just going to stop offering the movies.
1: Stop offering. The universe is like that friend. Yeah, so The universe wants to give you money and you keep deflecting it and you keep deflecting it and you keep deflecting it. At some point, the universe says, well, she, she doesn't really want money or he's really not interested in, in uh, you know, making financial headway and it'll stop.
0: Wow. And none of us want that to happen. <laughs>
1: no. So, so here's how to change it. And it's very simple. You start celebrating every single little thing that you get from the universe. Let's say that we're walking down a sidewalk. How many times have you seen a penny on the sidewalk and you kind of walk over it?
0: Mm-hmm. Almost all the time. Because you don't want to look like the uh the miser. You know what I mean? Like, oh wow, that person just picked up a penny. Really? So this is what I do. It's the exact opposite. I pick it up and I do a little
1: happy dance and I say thank you, universe. <laughs> Now, what I'm telling, so I'm starting to celebrate any money that's coming to me, even if it's a penny. Mm-hmm. So I take this, I celebrate, I say, thank you, universe. The universe now says, wow, hmm. she likes a penny. What will happen when you start doing this and you, you start being cognizant of the money that is around you? Because remember, the universe is throwing money all around you all the time. Mm-hmm. And you start celebrating everything, whether it's a penny or whatever. The It'll send
0: more to you. More and more and more. Yeah that's what it it's like your friend now, I got to tell you, I have taken your workshop, as you know. Yes. And I, I do this now on a regular basis. And I, I like to go walking and go jogging in my neighborhood. And there have been so many times when I've seen pennies, and then it turns to nickels, and then I've seen dimes. <laughs> you know, I haven't found like my, my $100 bill yet, but um, it, I do that thing where I pick it up, and I'm like, thank you, universe. You know, and people have seen me do it, and they crack up. They're like, Wow.
1: <laughs> they, they crack up but is it a crack up like you kind of made them smile like oh my god she's kind of funny mm-hmm. which give which also gives them some joy yeah so not only are you getting money, you're giving joy to that person because they're saying,
0: you know, that's
1: yeah. what happened when I was out today. Just <laughs> and, vlogging, and she
0: picked up a penny
1: and starts saying, thank you,
0: universe. <laughs> well, and it also, it's kind of like when it comes to the money itself, it's like respecting that money. So somebody dropped it, it's been sitting on the ground, and then you pick it up. And so it's like showing a sort of respect for it, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So the the step number
1: two is then, What do you do with it? So let's say you're absolutely right. It's disrespected on the ground. You pick it up, you're giving it respect. And then you get in your car and you throw it over your shoulder into the back seat. Is that respectful or disrespectful? Mm,
0: Disrespectful. Okay. I know a lot of people who have like tons of coins in their, in their car, just sitting in a cup or something.
1: If it's put in a place where you've designed for it, like I know some people, because no no one I know in California really smokes anymore. So they'll put coins in their ashtray. If they're think about it. um, I always say this in my classes, you look at it as monies. You don't have to worry about the denomination you worry about how many there are. And they like to be together. It's like a party. Okay. (laughs) If I put them all in one designated place where I know that's where my money goes or my monies hang out in my ashtray, that's actually respectful. Okay. If I took it and threw it in my purse. And I just have change in my purse, not very respectful. If I take it and put it in my wallet, and all of them are hanging out together in a designated place that's respectful.
0: Uh Aha. So yeah, um, I know somebody who just throws like extra dollar bills into the middle compartment of the car you know just randomly just oh like you know valet money just boom 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 in there and it's just all kind of random well one day i went in there and i put it all together into a nice little bundle now i wonder what's going to happen for that person (laughs) now that the money is having a party
1: well that money's happy the question is how is he internally with receiving money and how does he respect it because the universe is watching it's like uh think of the universe as santa claus okay you know, watching if you're naughty or nice. So, are you <laughs> naughty or nice to your money? And it has to do with how are you treating it energetically, mm-hmm. and then physically, how respectful are you to it? Mm-hmm. So two, two things. So, you made it respectful, and it's in a nice, you know, thing in head. Yeah,
0: all the heads are going the same way,
1: <laughs> right? <laughs> and they're having fun, and they're all together, and and they're put in a, you know, a, a nice bundle, but he internally, has he changed in anything internally? Like when he gets another one, does he just throw it in there? Or mm. does he say, oh, here's the bundle, let me put it in the bundle?
0: Mm-hmm. Okay, so it's important how you continue to treat your money. But you have to be willing to spend it, though. Like you can't just hold on to it and hoard it, like you said earlier. Right. Right. So, So how do you do that without overspending or underspending? How do you know what is the correct flow? Very good question. So one of the things
1: I work on in the workshop I do is we we use what I call as a money guide. I don't like the word budget. Most people associate budget like they associate with the word diet.
0: Mm-hmm. It means
1: restrictive or lack. Yeah. Um, so when it's a money guide, the money guide kind of tells you how to spend your money. Now, most people that, uh, there's not most people, I would say a good majority of people that come to my class. One of the things about money, the reason why they come, is because. And what we discover is they're very disconnected to it. Now we live in an age of um, card swiping. Uh huh. You buy something, you swipe a card. There is no connection to money anymore. There is no exchange of. I have to go into my wallet take out the right amount of bills, I hand, you know, I, it's tangible, I hand it to someone, they hand me my change back, I it mm-hmm. back my wallet. Nope, it's swipe, press a button, swipe, press a button. Yeah. You, can spend, you can overspend money pretty easily that way. Mm-hmm. So one of the things is to just be cognizant of how you're spending your money. So I'll give you an example of one person. So she came in and we did a money guide. She actually worked, she took my class and then she started coaching with me one-on-one um, for about six months. And what she realized is how disconnected she was. So we did a money guide and she had certain ideas of what she would spend her money on. Now, one of the things that she thought is she thought she spent about $350, $400 on going out to dinner uh, during the month. That's kind of what her, she's like. Oh, I spend about this much. So we put that as one of her categories in her money guide. Mm-hmm. And the way it works is, you, once a week, you kind of take your receipts, you kind of put it in the money guide, and you associate it with a bucket. So she started putting money in. Well, she did, wasn't really that faithful about putting in every week, so she did it at the end of the month. And lo and behold, she had spent three and a half times the amount that Whoa. she
0: Whoa. So like a grand. Yeah. 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 So, and you know what? That's so easy to do. You go out to dinner, even if it's just lunch nowadays, it's 50 bucks.
1: Right. So what happened is now she had an awareness of it and she started making some different choices. So one of the things she could do is up that part of her uh, of her plan. So she has a certain amount of money that comes in and she could say, okay, great. I'm going to add more to my restaurants and I'm going to take away from something else. Mm. So, you know, maybe buying gifts for someone. She's not a big shopper for gifts and I put everyone, you know, gifts because there's things that come up. So maybe she took out of there and she put it more towards there. Well, as her consciousness starts going to her money guide every month, she's like, she, her, the amount of money she spent on restaurants came way down Mm -hmm. because she started making some different choices rather than being disconnected. She was very connected. She made different choices and she got out of debt, uh, within eight months And out of debt, out of all credit card debt, all student loan debt, all of that within eight months because she started making different choices.
0: But it doesn't have to feel like super sacrifice, does it?
1: Absolutely not. It shouldn't feel like sacrifice. That's why I call it money guide. So just guide you. Mm -hmm. And you have different choices to make each month. So let's say one month she was going to um, a wedding. And she had to fly there and she had to buy a gift and that kind and of-
0: And a dress and yeah.
1: Yeah. She might change. She might do less restaurants that month mm-hmm. because
0: her money is going elsewhere. So it's just about putting shifting. it where you want. Yeah. Putting shifting. it where you want. I okay. love shifting.
1: Yes. Shifting Yeah, the
0: I love that. And I also, I mean, I'm going to underscore the fact that you changed the word from budget to money guide because that allows flexibility and I that have- movement.
1: Yeah, I had a couple that referred to it as Fred. <laughs> so, th- because both of them had, because they had to work together, right? So the the question they would ask is, well, what would Fred say? And it was <laughs> it's like a third party. Made, right. And it made them laugh and it made them giggle, which brings lightness around money yeah, and around the money guide versus a uh, lack or negative or darkness.
0: Well, this is actually a great segue because I did want to ask you during this episode how you work with couples. Because I've been in relationships, I'm sure there are people out there listening who have a completely different approach to money than their partner does. And so when you have opposite money styles, like one person is like just spends all the time and like just doesn't even think about a money guide or a Fred <laughs> or any of that, and the other person is very much organized and saves all the time and is afraid to spend, how do you bring those two people together to make it work and to not fight about money?
1: So remember what I said earlier, I, I'm working with two five-year-old strategies Okay, so I have Yeah,
0: two five year olds.
1: <laughs> yes, two five year olds. So the five year olds have come to play together and what happens when sometimes when five year olds play?
0: They uh they are they bicker, they they throw yeah. things at each other. <laughs> yeah. You
1: know, you think about how five year olds play. They're very, you know, quick on, you know, I'm feeling happy or I'm not feeling
0: happy. Right. That's a nice way to say it.
1: Yeah. So what the thing is is usually what couples see People don't talk about money. So I get them talking about money. The mm-hmm. best way that I work with, with people is, let's say they're coaching with me and we're working once a week. Okay. So the first week, I'm speaking. So let's just say it's a, a, a man and a woman uh, couple. So I'll, okay. I'll speak with a woman on her own. I'll speak with a man on his own. And the second week, the three of us talk together. Mm-hmm. The next week, woman on her own, man on her own. The next week, we work all together. Okay. One of the things is I have to work with a five-year-old and, and and help them so understand what their strategy is and bring them a little bit more current. Like, a, you know, so we kind of discover what are the things that they learned when they were five years old
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, or what their money strategy is. That's really what I'm looking for is, is how they handle money. Okay. And then I, I help the two of them come up with a strategy together. So instead of, one's resentful, the saver's resentful to the spender, or the spender's resentful to the saver because they feel restricted, Mm -hmm. is we, I set up all different strategies. One where they have a joint bank account, one where they have three bank accounts, they have one themselves and one that's joint. Um, We assign who's going to actually pay the bills, Um, That could that could be a strategy. The others Mm. uh, could be where they do it together, like they do the money guide once a week together, so they know where everything is going.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, You know, his
1: money, she can have her money, and then they have the joint money that pays all the house bills.
0: I love that. I actually, my ex husband and I had separate. Individual accounts that were for our own use like I would use it to go get my nails done or to go get my hair done And you know, he would go do his things that he wanted to do for himself from his individual account But then we had our joint account which was to pay the rent to pay the car notes you know that that kind of thing so whatever we were sharing expenses on we had a family plan with our cell phones that kind of stuff that came out of the joint account and it reduced a lot of stress around money for us because of that and also he didn't want to deal with any of it so he put the the strategy was for me to make sure that the bills got paid and that made me happy because then i knew it was getting done
1: <laughs> and that's a and that's a great strategy and if it works if you can do determine that together, usually it's just about getting two people to communicate yeah. and to understand the difference from, uh, from one another.
0: Yeah. And I'm sure that you've had couples, you've seen couples fight about money, right? All the time. Yeah. What do you think is the biggest issue when it comes to relationships um, to people and dealing with money? Is it those different uh, approaches, that different blueprint, how you grew up around money? What do you think it is? You know, what what I have found is it is um, how they see money.
1: So uh, it's like um, eyewitnesses to a crime. So a car accident happens. Three people are watching it. One person says it was a blue four-door car. Other person says it was a red pickup truck. And another person says it was a white van.
0: The, the the your perspective is different yeah
1: your perspective is different just just how you recount things are different how you mm. look at how you view the world is different yeah. and remember it's based on that 5 year old observation of mm. these
0: are her parents so it's your relationship really with money that is going to then bleed into your romantic relationship yeah my workshop is called changing your relationship with money here's where i say and
1: I'll, I'll tell you, so back to my 25 year old self, mm-hmm. I, I had a different relationship with money than I do now. It's always evolving. So my goal or my dream is to create a foundation that is going to be dealing in the billions of dollars.
0: Hmm.
1: Well, if I had the same blueprint that I have right now, I have a certain cup. Okay. And okay. my cup could hold so much money. I can go to a the ocean, okay. Which the ocean has so much water in it, right? So mm-hmm. I can go to the ocean, and I can, and I can get as much water as I can carry. But I have a certain size cup, right? That mm-hmm. cup is how much money my I'm allowing into my energy field, right? Mm-hmm. That I'm capable of holding. So what I have to do is increase my cup, right, so that I can be handling millions and you know, you know, hundreds. So this of is
0: a mindset. Of yeah, it's it, a it's a mindset.
1: Yeah. It's like
0: work it's just, it's just like work it's like energy work. How much energy can you mm-hmm. can you work with at any one time? So this is really interesting to me because this is like like if I think about it I'm like billions. I'm like what? Like I can't even I can't conceptualize that, Catherine. like billions. You know what I mean? So I guess you have to get to that point where you're super comfortable with that amount of money. And the universe will provide it. So
1: remember mm-hmm. what I said before is the universe has an infinite flow of money, right?
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: So you work with pennies, and then you start finding nickels, and then you start finding dimes. Then you get to the point where, you know, like when you put on a jacket and you reach your hand in the pocket, and out comes, you know, you're like, oh my <laughs> God. <it's crazy." laughs>
0: ah, yeah. yeah.
1: I had someone at my class one time. and So what we do is we count how much money you get unexpectedly. So just the stuff that comes to you. So some people were collecting change because they were finding it on the ground. Mm-hmm. This one woman's like, I got a check for $2,000 that I didn't expect to get. And I guess she had over the week gotten a, um, close to $7,000. Wow. opened herself up and she was at that level. Right. Okay. So so it was, it was really about changing relationship money is really recognizing where you are, understanding where you want to be go next what's your next step or maybe what's your next five steps so let's say that your goal is i want to pay off my credit card debt Mm -hmm. i want to go on a family vacation i want to uh, pay back a loan that i took out and then i want to uh, buy a new property let's say those are your financial goals we don't focus on buying a new property because that's the fourth goal focus on the first goal. First goal is uh, getting out of credit card debt. Mm -hmm. And just focus on that one goal all the time. Okay, you you just
0: it's like eating an elephant one bite at a time. You just chip away, chip away. So You have to be patient, though. It's not like you're just going to suddenly be like, oh, yeah, I'm cool with being a millionaire. And then it's just going to come to you. You have to actually take action. You have to do things towards that, because I know a lot of people who talk about this energy work, you know, for about anything about creating abundance in your life, love in your life. It takes time. Right. It's not just going to happen overnight.
1: It can happen faster than you think, and yes, it also takes time. I'll, I'll tell you what it's like. Have you ever heard of someone who says, oh, I'm totally ready for a relationship, and then you call them on Saturday night, and they're sitting in the home, and they're in the living <laughs> room? I'm like, well, the relationship, you have to actually participate. Right. You can't sit in your living room and say, well, my relationship better come find me and knock on the door. hmm It's like, what do you think it's going to be, the UPS driver? like. <laughs>
0: So it's that flow, once again, like the in and the out, like the giving and the receiving. So yes. if you are ready for something, if you're open to it, you still have to take action and put put energy towards it in order for it to happen. Absolutely. I love that. And it's a simple concept, but it's still so hard for people. I
1: think when you want to change something, the best way to do it is to have someone help you because you feel like you're on your on you know, like someone's with you on your side. And sometimes to change, you actually don't know. It's like walking in a path on the forest, you know, or and then all of a sudden there's no path. You don't know which direction to go in. If someone's yeah. there to guide you because they've been there before, it makes it easier and it actually makes it more fun.
0: Mm-hmm. So speaking of which, you guide people one-on-one as well as in groups. So tell us about your services um, in both in both respects. Depending
1: on uh, what people need, I, I actually live in LA in the South Bay area, and so I do classes called "Changing Your Relationship with Money." That's more f- for a group. We meet a couple of times. Uh, I've done it both in a two-session format and a, and a four-session format. Mm-hmm. And um, you just really get in. We play games. We we really talk about it. You do some journaling. You kind of really go on a self journey with yeah. you know. With the, self prescribed journey with yourself.
0: Yeah. And just to jump in, I I have done your workshop as you know. Mm-hmm. And um the most the most exciting part for me was um getting that fun element around money rather than looking at it as this this burden of some sort like ugh, I have to deal with this. It was more like yay, I get to deal with this. And also the the discomfort that I realized within myself of of really looking at from a realistic point of view, this is how much money I'm making, this is how much debt I'm carrying. this is what I need to be doing every month to get back on track and creating that strategy. that was that was uh, eye-opening. <laughs>
1: it, was, it was eye-opening. it probably made you feel a little calm around it because you know if you do or you don't, and you actually have a plan. Right.
0: Right. Well, at first though, it wasn't calming. I was like, "Oh shit!" (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. So it it was very, it was very, very helpful. And so I want people out there to understand that if you do the workshop or if you work with one one on one with Catherine, you're going to really get some great tools to use, like today.
1: Yes, I try to make it as practical as possible, so you walk away being able to put things into life now. I don't like theoretical stuff, because I can do a raw, raw money's, you know, money's energy, money's great. And you feel really good. And two days later, you're like, "Uh, I don't even know what to do with that.
0: Yeah, yeah. So how would you work with somebody one on one? Like, let's say they don't live in LA. Let's say they're in Chicago, or New York, or I don't know, overseas. How would you do it? Do you do it via Skype, Zoom? What?
1: So, um, I've worked both ways. Um, I have a client right now in Australia, so I specialize in helping people with small business or if it's personally with money, but small awesome. business, the reason why they're coming to me is they want to grow their business, which is about money. Mm-hmm. Um, and she and I work uh, once a week via Skype. So we get on the phone for an hour. Um, sometimes I'm giving her homework to do, you know, like, okay, between now and then. And it sometimes it's around sales and sometimes it's around, um, let's, let's plan your finances. And it's, it kind of just goes where the client needs me to go with them. Mm -hmm. Um, so via Skype, I can do it over the phone. I'm pretty flexible. It's really about helping the person and, and getting them into the space where they're comfortable. So if you rather Mm -hmm. do it, you know, phone and not, you know, see me, or you rather look at me, then let's do via Skype or Um, any one of those different, you know, sharing things. But I work with couples. I work with individuals. I work with small businesses. It really depends. Most people come to me for money. And I'm going to tell you that um, if you're going to ever get coaching around one thing, coaching around business, coaching around money, coaching around relationship, a good coach is going to coach you where you are. And you're going to hit more than just that one topic.
0: Mm Mm-hmm. Well, that's where your life coaching comes in, um, in terms of looking at it holistically. Like, why is your relationship with money so screwed up? What else is going on?
1: Yes, you can look at it that way, but
0: yeah. Um, (laughs) Obviously, I'm not really cut out for coaching.
1: (laughs) Yeah, you know what? We look at all kinds of things and we make, you know, the biggest thing about life is too short not to have fun. So we try to take the negativity out of it and -hmm. and kind of rewire yourself so that you look at it from a, a fun perspective or so that it's not so... Um, overwhelming. I really, 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 my life's mission is to have people not feel like I did when I had that, when I first bought my house. Yeah. Was very um, dark and overwhelming. Totally. And um, it, money's not like that. Money is actually really light, fun, and flows to yeah. you easily, And you'd be amazed at how different it can be in a very short
0: amount of time. Totally. And And that just made me think of something. I know some people who get really I don't know, jealous, envious, nasty towards rich people. Like they'll see somebody pull up in their Bentley or whatever, their Rolls Royce, and they'll be like, jerk off, you know, or whatever. And I'm like, no, you should, you should be happy for that person because they did something right. And like I have, I have a lot of respect for people who have met with success and have, have figured it out, so to speak. You know what I mean? I, I want to be that person too. And so I think they're great. Like, good for you.
1: The more you um, vibrate or get in sync with people that are are rich, the higher chance you will be too. Mm-hmm. Um, but the thing I always find, if it feels right for you and you're like, you know what? I, Because usually go back to your five-year-old self, who told you that rich people were mean? Right. And you just have to rewrite that, that that's, not what they are. Right. I mean, a rich person may have, every single person on this planet is going to have struggles. Maybe they're, they're fine with money, but they struggle in relationships. Absolutely.
0: And Absolutely. You, you never a know somebody's relationship,
1: story. you know, and, and you struggle with money. So it's like that person could learn from you. You can learn from them. There's still
0: people. Absolutely. Not, there's always something, everybody has their own set of challenges and they they are just different. And so um, I hope that that's also getting some parents out there listening to think about what kind of messages they're sending to their kids about money, because it's going to affect their lives going forward as well. So um, this is such a a helpful topic, I think, for so many people. And and I'm glad I'm getting a little refresher. I think it's timely for me too. (laughs) I love it. Yeah. Any final thoughts for everybody out there listening, Catherine?
1: money is fun. Yeah. If I, if I can help anyone with that, if you can just, uh, look, look at how, what you think about whenever you spend or you receive money. And, um, if you could just change that one thing to, wow, this is really good. Both giving and receiving, make it fun. Uh, your money blueprint, uh, your money will start flowing to you faster. Hmm. Let's all make some money. Let's all make some money. <laughs> There's plenty of money to go around. So let's all do it together and and uh, change our world. Because if we take away money stress, think about how the world would be different.
0: Oh, absolutely. Well, what a positive thought to end on. And Catherine, thank you for taking time to share um, your wisdom around money and changing our relationship with it. I really appreciate your time.
1: You're you're very welcome, and thank you so much for having me on.
0: Everybody out there listening, don't forget to connect with Catherine. Go to Facebook and go to Success by Design. Connect with her there and get involved in her workshops. If you're here in LA, definitely reach out to her for one-on-one or couples coaching or small business coaching as well. She's fantastic. Thanks again, Catherine. Thank you. Have a great topic you'd like to hear discussed on an upcoming episode of Nothing Off Limits? Email us at ideas at ladyfoxentertainment.com. In the meantime, please subscribe, rate the show, and go to ladyfoxentertainment.com to sign up for our email list and to check out our resources page. Thanks so much for listening. Talk to you next time.